Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. Got you back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. Everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. I was listening to a podcast last week, and a, a, a pundit that I really like was actually talking about the Dylan Mulvaney story and saying, you know what, this is why a lot of people, when they get to the end of their lives, they're okay with going, because there's just been so much change in the world, they just can't handle it anymore, and they think, you know what, my time is over. No country for old men. Whoever it was was stealing from me. And uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's just a real aspect of humanity, maybe. And I was having this feeling trying to go to skateboard parks uh, in the L.A. area over Saturday. So my son was on spring break, and two things we were going to do is go to a bunch of different skateboard parks. He actually uh, scooters rather than skateboards, but that's a popular sport also. And um, uh, and do car stuff. So we did really awesome car stuff. If you've never been to Bob's Big Boy on a Friday night in Burbank, that is its own fantastic car show that just spontaneously happens. You get yourself a cheeseburger and a milkshake and look at some of the coolest cars you've ever seen. Really, really fun. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and I want to hear about the dictator's cars. You teased us earlier. Yeah. I want to hear about And then we went to the Peterson Auto Museum, which is, I think, considered the best auto museum in the world. And if you were into cars and if you've never been and you're ever in the L.A. area, you should go. It's just freaking amazing. But we hadn't done the downstairs part, the the vault, the secret vault. You have to pay extra money to go down there. And uh, and we went down and looked at a bunch of different cars. And, yeah, they have all kinds of president's cars, like Eisenhower's car, FDR's car. They have the Pope Mobile from various years. Wow. And a variety of dictators' cars, Saddam Hussein's um, uh, Mercedes that he had. And they explain all the different ways that they're protected. But the the heaviest vehicle they have there belonged to Ferdinand Marcos, dictator of the Philippines, the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And it's so heavy because it is all kinds of bulletproof, bombproof, this and that. It had some big sort of tank in the trunk where it could, like, release an oil slick. I mean, like, straight out of James Bond if anybody was chasing him. It had special lights on the back that were bright enough for a plane to spot from the air to be able to land if he needed to escape or to blind whoever was chasing you. That sort of thing. I mean, it's just, like, really... You, you, you see the stuff in movies, you don't realize that it's actually true. Oh, and then what was most entertaining to me, this uh, Pantera, which is an Italian sports car that belonged to Elvis, that has bullet holes in it because it quit on some road and Elvis got out of the car and <laughs> shot it three times. <laughs> oh, Elvis. Elvis, don't shoot your car. Elvis, oh, what are you doing, boy? How unhinged is it to shoot your car because it quits alongside the road? Well, he shot his TV once, too, right? How many inanimate objects did Elvis shoot? What's the complete tally? Right. But the other part of the trip was going to skateboard parks, and so we uh, traveled with a scooter on the plane and uh, got there, and I uh, just looked up skateboard parks. But but, um, ran into this a couple places, including one in particular in, uh, in the Burbank area, skateboard park that I went to. So we went to a lot of skateboard parks that were freaking jam-packed. I mean, there were so many people there. They're there for a little while and left because it was just too crowded. Oh, we should have come earlier, blah, blah, blah. One skateboard park that was completely empty, which I can attest to with the picture that I tweeted out over the weekend. Beautiful Saturday afternoon, not a kid at this giant gleaming skateboard park. And I thought, that's kind of weird. So we get around to the gate, and uh, do you have uh, all the pads that you need? Well, you got to fill out the form. You're going to have to sign the waiver. And there's somebody working at the skateboard park. If you don't know skateboarding, that's not the way skateboard parks work. You just show up and skateboard. They're giant right. chunks of cement. There isn't anybody working there. At this place, they had somebody at the gate, a couple of people at the gate, and you had to fill out paperwork and said you need to have elbow pads and knee pads before you're allowed to skateboard. You you mandate padding for people to use the skateboard park? Yes, you're not allowed to use skateboard park. And uh, and I and this is when I got into my whole uh, thing about what's wrong with America uh, to my son afterwards. I said you do real. I said right, this is not your fault. I'm not mad at you. I realize you just uh, your employees. But maybe if you're ever in a meeting with your bosses, you could explain to them. Or talk to them about this. You realize that the other skateboard parks in the area that don't have all these rules are packed full of children enjoying themselves. There's not one person in your skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon because you've got all these rules. Yeah, well, those are just the rules. You know, I guess I kind of agree, but you know, the rules, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was just trying to figure out what what this happens all the time. So you got the two combinations that are ruining America. The litigation thing, possibly? The whole thing where, well, if we don't mandate padding the lawyer... You know, because when we've complained about schools, local school, a school that my uh, son has attended where they're not allowed to run on the playground the day after it rains because the grass might be wet. And we have heard from people that it's... Well, the lawyers have told us they'll pull our insurance... They'll pull our liability insurance if we let kids do this and somebody gets hurt so we don't have any choice. So you've got that angle of it, which is destroying America. And I don't, I wish somebody smart would explain to me how we're ever going to break out of this. Or if we can. And then the other angle of it is just do-gooders who have this weird, but some kid might be good, get hurt thing. 
So I'm doing a good thing by imposing all sorts of rules so nobody gets hurt. Right. Somebody actually brought that up, and I said, well, you aren't keeping anybody from getting hurt because there's nobody here. They're all at the other skateboard parks where you don't have to wear pads. So you're not actually helping anybody. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I just I fear that law is often downstream of culture, but even if it's not, the the law has so perverted the culture that you have young people who don't think that sort of thing through. So it's become a, a you know, a vicious circle of overregulation, litigation and 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 people feeling like they're doing a good thing by making it absolutely impossible for anybody to take any risk that might end up giving them an owie. I'm a good person for forbidding them from playing. But I was talking to my son about this overregulation thing and what it does to businesses. It's this it's this weird thing that the left enjoys and I do not understand where it'd be better if restaurants don't open. We'll have these strict regulations to make sure there's not one person that could ever possibly be annoyed by the handicapped railing in the bathroom or the food not being pure enough or the parking spaces not being whatever. But we don't care if restaurants don't open. It's just as long as one doesn't open that could possibly inconvenient any human being versus the other side where I am and I probably a lot of you listeners of. It's better to not be perfect, but have a freaking open restaurant. It's better to not be perfect, but have people actually using the skateboard park. And I don't understand how these two mindsets, I I guess it's because I don't live in that other mindset. I don't get it at all. I told the story years ago. We, 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 we bought a farm that had a bunch of horse stalls with the idea that we were going to, thank you, Gladys. This was many years ago. With the idea that we were going to board horses, have a little side business. This barn had all these horse stalls. It was set up for boarding horses. It'd be You've really... been boring listeners for years. Why wouldn't you bore horses? <laughs> board. Did you say, oh, board. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So I the, apologize. Sir, p- plenty of people that want a horse, but they just need some place to keep it, and you allow them to keep it there, and you feed them and everything like that, and you charge like whatever, $100 a month or 250 a month or whatever, and you make some money, everybody's happy. But then I went in and looked into it in the particular county that I live in, and they said, well, do you have uh, restroom facilities? And I I said, well, there's kind of a restroom. Was it handicapping? No, it's not handicapping. Have you earthquake retrofitted your bill? And so they got into all the, have you had your water tested to make sure if somebody wants to get a drink of water that it's clean, it's clean enough for me and my kids? Well, it needs to be tested by the city and this. And just so all, and so, so what did we do? I said, screw it. We won't do it. So we just didn't do it. So you don't have the horse boarding or the restaurant or the skateboard park or whatever. The whole perfect be the en- being the enemy of it ever happening at all makes me insane. And is there any breaking out of that? Boy, that's a good question. It's uh, you can break out of it with your feet if you want. I've told the story of uh, my buddy who rel- relocated a successful business from California to Texas, and he went to the the county in Texas and said, "Hey, I'm about to do this," and they said, "Go ahead." <laughs> he said, "Well." Don't I have to like fill out forms and pay you a fee? And they literally said, for what? <laughs> Go but, ahead. It's your land. But don't you have the, and that is absolutely true, but don't you have the feeling that the country is going more the direction of you can't because you'll get sued or let's, let's have enough regulations that we don't ever even try this as fast as it can. Yep. So I just wonder what we can do to possibly put the brakes on the, I, I, it, it blows my mind. Like it makes me insane. Like barking at the moon insane that other people don't look at an empty skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon and think, well, this is nuts. Well, we're keeping the kids safe. 
<laughs> There's nobody here. And this was a huge, this is the biggest skateboard park I'd ever seen. Wow. Just cement as far as you could see and all these cool bowls and everything like that. Not one kid. Not one. So that's either uh, uh, an especially liberal area that is into the hyper-protection, safety is the only thing that matters philosophy, or and or uh, they got sued by somebody two years ago. Well, both ends of it are ridiculous. The the, and I I've, I've never understood this mindset either. I mean, I don't want kids to get hurt either, but like I never worry about other people and whether or not they're making their thirteen year old wear a helmet when they skateboard. It never crosses my mind. But yeah. for some of you, you're constantly in a state of oh my god about other people and what they're doing with their kids. And so it leads to, I found this out over the weekend, and I didn't know it, the skateboard park that my kid goes to in our town, which is like most skateboard parks, you just show up and do whatever you're going to do, and there's nobody there. But I guess years ago, this one mom, who I really, really like and have known for years, she and some other mothers got together, and they would show up on Saturdays and uh, sign people in and make sure everybody had the proper pads and stuff like that. And then finally, they quit doing that after a certain number of years, something like that. I thought, wow, okay. What do you think you're doing? Plus, of course, you got a skateboard parks. I don't want to get hung up on this because a lot of you don't use skateboard parks. But the original point of skateboard parks was to keep kids from skating on the steps of the city council building or on the railings at the hospital or whatever and give them someplace else to go. But now you're going to put all these rules on it, which, of course, is just going to send them back to the railings at the library. Yeah. Yeah. That is so annoying. So discouraging. And I don't, I, I, I've asked so many different lawyers about this. How do we break out of this whole, we can't have the parade anymore because uh, we can't afford the insurance? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. World war. That might be what it takes. A complete start again of society. <laughs> I, I just, I despair. I'm afraid I can offer you no hope. I feel like an empty skateboard park on a Saturday afternoon on a beautiful day is like a symbol of something really awful. It's like that Vonnegut book, practically. I mean, it's just like we're into Crazyville here. Everybody stays home in their house and doesn't do anything so that nobody gets hurt or nobody can sue anyone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Again, I would offer you hope if I could, but... um... Well, and then that gets to the whole, you know, sweet uh, embrace of death when I finally get old enough, because I will not be able to handle a world where none of these things even exist. And as I always point out, where there's nobody around to remember that it didn't used to be like this. Well, and nobody around to pitch the idea that, and I'm not, uh, oh, man, look at the time. Uh, I'm not going to open up some sort of tequila and chainsaw playground for children um, or anything like that. But uh, I, I got hurt. I got hurt all the time as a kid, and it, it taught me about risk and, you know, what things I was good at, what I wasn't. I'm not in favor of little kids being seriously injured, but uh, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. You say ouch and you learn something. Right. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is uh, quite a story here. Firefighter not firefighter not fired after Posty killed obese people. This is in Sacramento, California. We were talking last hour about you know hospitals sending really obese people to the zoo to get measured and stuff like that. Or, That's hurtful. A Sacramento firefighter in 2020 posted to Facebook that he has killed people by refusing to lift them when they are overweight. 
He remains a firefighter. He did get suspended without pay for five shifts, but he's still working there. Here's his uh, post from 2021 on Facebook. I have killed more people in this way than in any other. Presented with a person far too heavy to lift safely, a person dying of any overworked heart, congestive heart failure, and knowing better, all caps knowing, I will opt not to have my crew lift him. He also said lifting heavy individuals risks minor or significant injury to paramedics. So he has the person suffering a medical event walk a short distance, possibly downstairs to the gurney. He acknowledged that having the person walk rather than be carried can be fatal. The heart already overtaxed while sitting, leading to the 911 call du jour, cannot support these steps. And he has uh, been disappointed in medics he has trained to fail to understand. He tells his crew not to lift heavy people because it's bad for their back. Sounds to me like he's got a a thing about overweight people that's a little over the top. I mean, I get it on one level, but here the rest of the post. I'm not willing to give our health for him. He's asked for this, demanded it for decades. Why should we ruin a loved one's back for him to keep alive a bit longer? He will still die sooner or later. Why give me or my brother's back for him when he's never bothered to care for himself? I prefer to let him die today if necessary. You got a couple of things going here. Number one, a legitimate uh, conundrum for emergency workers. Absolutely legit. And then you've got a gentleman who has no wisdom and no filter and no sense of what you can and should say publicly and how you ought to phrase it. Well, well, right. But I'm interested in the fact that he thinks it. You know, anybody with a brain wouldn't say that even if you think it. But what do you think of the attitude? His is it's base. This is the classic Mott and Bailey or Castle and Courtyard, uh, not good argument in retreating back to a good argument. His argument that that emergency workers can become injured because of obese Americans and we don't have ways to safely help them. And then he goes on the screen about they are begging for death. They might as well die. Hell, it makes me laugh when they die. And you, whoa, whoa, dude, that's way over the top. And he would retreat to, oh, so you don't, so you think firefighters should just end their careers, get injured uh, because people are so fat? Well, the, one of the problems. So with I'd this, say he's half right, but he's just he shoots off his mouth way too harshly. One of the problems with this is we've seen with our own eyes doing ride-alongs, cops and firefighters risk their lives, risk their health, spend a lot of time and taxpayer money helping crackheads, and crack addicts. You know, all kinds of people that have made lifelong poor decisions. Um, you know, if a bank robber gets hurt, the paramedics bust their ass to try to save the bank robber. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what we've always done. So if we're going to start saying, well, you didn't care for yourself and you're overweight, we're not going to help you. Well, then why are you going to help the bank robber or the crackhead? Well, well, if if you a lot of people, so, you don't help at a, that point. It's a different argument, though, if you can help the bank robber without any risk to yourself. Another interesting question, but a a different one, I would say. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm trying to gird my loins because I've had my loins ungirded before when something hits. You don't want that. Uh, just looking at the economic stuff, there have been so many different companies talking about the layoffs. A lot of it in the tech se- sector, but pretty big layoffs. And the Fed keeps raising interest rates. I looked at this article in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. Well, first I saw this. Uh, McDonald's layoffs are across its business, giving some employees a chance to stay if they accept cuts in compensation. But they're laying off many, many, many people across the country. So that's not the tech sector. That's just eating burgers. That's your burger sector. And uh, they're giving you the option of, yeah, you can stay if you take less money, but we just can't afford to keep you around anymore. So that's right. Um, and then one of their lead economic writers in the Wall Street Journal with this on in their Sunday edition, the U.S. economy may be heading to a place that must not be named. And they're getting to the ver- into the various euphemis- euphemisms that the Fed and the government often use to avoid using the R word, the recession word, even though that's more Ah, or less what's happening. But uh, the main part being that this guy writes that uh, I'd say whatever label the authoritative arbiter of such things ends up giving the 2023 economy years from now, uh, it is going to be a little rough. Uh, Neither I nor anyone else has the ability to predict a recession with precision, but I think there's enough reason to suspect that rough times are coming to factor that possibility into your personal planning. No conclusion, and that's that's why I'm girding my loins. But yeah, man, I don't know. The tech sector, you can you can you can think, well, it's different, and they they expanded too fast and thought things and blah blah blah. Super volatile anyway. When McDonald's and other companies like that start cutting back, yeah. 
But I can't figure out the economy. I thought this when I was at Universal Studios with my other son last, well, both sons last weekend. Those tickets are like $300 a piece. And, oh. and, 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 you know, people are flying in from all over and everything. And it was so flipping crowded. Could you possibly have a, a scary economy happening and that at the same time? I realize it's anecdotal evidence, but and planes are packed everywhere. Restaurants are packed. Yeah, the, the airlines have cut back their flight schedules, but most restaurants haven't really cut back their meal schedule. So, I don't know. Is it haves and have-nots? Uh, economic inequality? Racism? I, I, I think <laughs> racism. I think it's more likely people ignoring reality or not girding hmm. their loins and spending as if this sort of thing is not going to happen. I think that's what it is. Well, and... The pent-up COVID-era demand continues to play out in the travel industry, too. That makes sense. I heard that from a a, a source who's close to a source. If your kids missed several vacations in a row, yeah, you might be more likely to spend a little more money and go do something. Yeah. And like that guy said. I hate to hear that. It's hard to predict, but he is uh, saying get ready for some rocky times. So that's the one man's opinion. Well, I was uh, chatting with a good buddy of mine. We were watching the Masters uh, yesterday afternoon. and um, That's a golf tournament? That is a golf tournament, Jack. It's a fabulous golf tournament. Played in Augusta, Georgia. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, so I was talking to my friend about uh, the whole world of uh, remote work, um, downtowns, commercial real estate, um, and the one thing we agreed was that generation, and you may remember this, your old Uncle Joe warned you about this, maybe six months ago I said this, that whole balance of power where the company said, uh, various companies have said, hey, you got to come back to uh, work in the office, and the worker said, no, I don't think I'm going to. And the company said, well, okay, can you come back like a day a week? And, uh, you know, that whole balance of power played out pretty starkly. We have a feeling, for the reasons you're just laying out, that that's going to keep changing. And the whole workers have all the power. I might show up for the interview. I might not. And if I show up next week and say I'm the guy who didn't show up last week, hire me, you will. I think that whole era is is about to come crashing down. Yeah. We it's going to be a rude out. awakening for folks, too. Yeah, if this whole uh, quiet quitting or uh, constantly looking for a better gig and lording it over people, if that can continue. Yeah, yeah. you just go ahead and leave your resume on the copier these days. You don't care. Yeah, I'm looking for work. You probably ought to give me a raise you want me to stay, huh? Mm. Yeah, don't get used to it. I thought this was really interesting. Speaking of uh, economics, uh, the, the Times of New York, with an article about the the electrical demands of bitcoin mining these oh boy, spectacular okay. you have you have uh, oh. entered into the one thing i understand the least you'd be better off talking talking about string theory and black holes so i just do not understand what the freak <laughs> bitcoin mining is it's it's rows and rows of computers Doing calculations, Jack, to hit upon the multi-number key that unlocks a Bitcoin. All right. He says, pretending to know what he's talking about. Anyway, uh, it takes god-awful amounts of electricity. And this was... I'll read you the really interesting part. Do you remember that giant winter storm in Texas uh, in 2021? 
Texas gasping for electricity. Winter storm Yuri had knocked out power plants across the state, leaving tens of thousands of homes in icy darkness. Nearly 40 people died, some of them from the freezing cold. Meanwhile, in the husk of a one-time aluminum smelting plant, an hour outside of Austin, row upon row of computers were using enough electricity to power about 6,500 homes as they raced to earn Bitcoin. The computers were performing trillions of calculations per second, hunting for an elusive combination of numbers that Bitcoin's algorithm would accept. About every 10 minutes, a computer somewhere guesses correctly and wins a small number of Bitcoins worth, in recent weeks, about $170,000. Anyone can try, but to make it a business uh, requires as much electricity as a small city. Wow. So here's the crazy part. So That's I could do it. The crazy so I could do it at home with my own computer, but it'd be very unlikely I'd strike upon one. I'm surprised there aren't more people doing this kind of gambling. Yeah, it might take hundreds of years uh, one computer if it ha- happened at all, because I don't know how it works. But anyway, so in Texas, the computers kept running till just after midnight. Then the state's power grid operator ordered them shut off under an agreement that allowed it to do so if the system was about to fail. Okay, so. They made an agreement with these Bitcoin mining people who have a factory full of computers. Hey, if if we're ever under a serious crunch, we're, we're going to unplug you. <laughs> you know what's funny? Huh. This is how stupid I am. You can't talk about Bitcoin mining without, in my mind, I'm picturing a guy with a helmet on and a light underground, right? Right? face Going all blackened, exactly. <laughs> canary on his shoulder. The Bitcoin mine collapsed. Hurry. The Bitcoin mine collapsed. <laughs> Uh, I got Bitcoin lung. <coughs> so the uh, the state's power grid operator says, hey, you guys got to shut down. In return, because this is the agreement, it began paying the Bitcoin company named BitDeer an average of $175,000 an hour to keep the computers offline. Over the next four days, BitDeer would make more than $18 million for not operating from fees ultimately paid by Texans who had endured the storm. Wow! What kind of deal is that? A bad one. I, you know, there are various environmental activists saying you can't, you can't mine Bitcoin anymore. It takes too much energy. It's too damaging to the environment, this quote-unquote mining that does not, in spite of Jack's uh, beliefs, uh, require, you know, uh, shovels and, and, and tram cars and holes in the ground. It's crazy. And they say generating that power causes as much carbon pollution as adding three and a half million more gas-powered cars to America's roads. That is stunning. Now, there's something people don't know. Yeah, isn't that wacky? Very. Why doesn't that get more attention? I don't know. From the lefties, from the environmentalists. Maybe because it's hip and kind of modern and... And those uh, tech guys tend to be uh, lefties? I don't know. Yeah, tech people do tend to be lefties, so they're so they're riding to work on a bicycle with a little thing around their pant legs, so they don't get it caught in the chain and everything like that with their helmet on, and uh, and being all safe and uh, environmentally friendly. With their but Mother Jones subscription and their <laughs> I voted for Hillary bumper sticker on their bike, apparently. And they anyway. pack their lunch with their kale and everything like that, and they're listening to NPR and their earbuds on the way in. But they're creating more pollution than uh, than Joe Sixpack like me in the uh, the SUV. Going to a regular job. That's interesting. Yeah. By Bitcoin yeah. mining all day long. And uh, once again, final note, the idea that we can all switch to electric cars and the grids and the various states can handle it is a hilarious joke. Not even close. 
Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So finally, we're ready to deliver on this. I think it is absolutely fascinating. We will post it at armstrongandgetty.com. Woke Religion, a Taxonomy by Michael Schellenberger and Peter Bogosian. Uh, uh, taxonomy is, again, it's like uh, what makes a snow leopard different from a, a, a regular leopard or, you know, a white tiger from a Bengal tiger and that sort of thing. It's uh, it's the science of categorizing things and, and coming up with uh, relationships, that sort of thing. So it's a way to understand the woke thing as a religion, because as many people, including us, have observed, it has a lot of the earmarks of a religion. And, the Bible! And the, that's one example, sir. Thank you. Um, and it goes through <laughs> racism, climate change, uh, the trans thing, crime, mental illness, drugs, and homelessness as aspects that this religion deals with, aspects of society. And each one of those has its original sin, its guilty devils, 
Um, Well, the original sin is described as what happened in the past to make things so terrible today. Guilty devils are the people who made things so terrible. The myths are the the creation story or the you need to agree on these stories. The sacred victims who who are harmed by the original sin, of course. The elect, those chosen to make things right. The heroes of the story. The supernatural beliefs, beliefs beyond scientific understanding or known laws of nature. The taboo facts, things that are forbidden to say. Taboo speech, specifically words that trigger anger among the elect, the chosen ones. If you even utter the words, then there are purifying rituals, acts perceived to make people innocent of guilt and responsibility, and purifying speech, again, the magical words, if you will, people use to be perceived as virtuous. And because it's rather a large chart with a number of different topics, I just thought we would do two of them and discuss We'll start with the one they started with, racism. The original sin is slavery, of course. The guilty devils are white people and the police. The myths are the American War of Independence was fought to maintain slavery. It's a farcical assertion. Structural racism is the cause of all racial inequality and the only explanation possible for disparate outcomes by racial groups. Another myth, Asian success is due to Asians participating in white supremacy. How do you like that, my Asian friends? Good Lord. Because y'all work so damn hard. Uh, Another myth, rioting and looting are political acts. And finally, we rarely discuss slavery and history of racism in this country. Right. Ridiculous. Who are the sacred victims? People who are continued to be harmed by the original sin. Black people, indigenous people. People of color, of course. Who are the elect, those chosen to make things right? Uh, Coates, Kendi, D'Angelo, all those people. Black Lives Matter and critical race theorists. What are the supernatural beliefs that go beyond scientific understanding or any known laws of nature, but you must repeat them and believe them? Math is racist. White people borrowing elements from other cultures is theft, cultural appropriation. Culture doesn't matter. You know what's weird is when you get down to the trans thing, one of the myths is that all sexual differences are culture. But lunatics are rarely consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Another supernatural belief. Racism lunatics is as, are rarely consistent. Racism is as bad as ever is one of the supernatural yeah, beliefs. Yeah, god dang, I hate that one. I hate that one. That's no that is, It's horribly demonstrably demonstrably monstrously false right and does so much harm living white people are guilty for sins committed by dead white people oh boy speech or silence equals violence right so if you disagree you're being violent and if you don't say anything you're being violent the only thing that's non-violent is getting on your knees and agreeing and the final supernatural belief implicit bias Tied to real-world harm. Now, your taboo facts, things that you are forbidden to say. Racism has declined. There's broad social acceptance of interracial relationships and families. Black wealth is rising rapidly. The obsession with race can make racism worse. The 1964 Civil Rights Act and subsequent legislation banned structural racism. Police do not kill unarmed black men at higher rates than other races. And Asian success is due to hard work and higher education. 
All of those things are absolutely undeniably true, but they're forbidden. You can't say them. Taboo speech includes reverse racism, acting white, and all lives matter. And the purifying rituals include reparations, affirmative action, racial preferences, kneeling, using their language, public apologies, white people not speaking, uh, diversity training, white people confessing to being racist, announcing one's race, etc. And the purifying speech, the magic words include BIPOC, BIPOC rather, Latinx, people of color, capitalizing black but using lowercase w for white, uh, centering and intersectionality. Those are your magical words. Now, I want to do trans because that's so hot right now in the conversation. The, oh, heck, you got to scroll up and down. Uh, the original sin. Oh, there we go. The original sin. This one is less, I mean, the other ones I could have guessed pretty well. This one I have no idea. Yeah, that's what's the original this... sin of trans. Sex or gender spectrum being reduced to just two sexes and genders. Okay, so all of mankind. Until like a year ago. Right. Yes. Okay. That is the original sin. You people who fanatically enforce so-called cultural norms that only rose up like in the last 18 months, doesn't it occur to you that wait a minute? Maybe something so recently arrived at could use a little uh, kicking the tires and looking at it a bit. No, you're a fanatical uh, follower. Anyway, the guilty devils in this part of the religion are people who view sex as biologically determined. Opponents of legal requirements to use trans pronouns. I will not have it. TERFs, that's trans-exclusionary radical feminists, they're the guilty devils. And opponents of allowing trans women athletes to compete with biological women. The myths, trans women or trans men, are identical to biological women or biological men. And violence against trans people is on the rise, disproportionate and due to being trans. There is violence against trans people by bigots, and it's terrible. Violence against anybody is terrible, but it's not on the rise. The sacred victims are, of course, trans people and non-binary people. The elect, the high-minded, the chosen ones that are going to make things right are trans activists, GLAD, uh, the ACLU, for instance. The supernatural beliefs that go beyond scientific understanding or any evidence include puberty blockers and surgery can change your biological sex. And a person can immediately change their sex simply by identifying as the opposite sex or as non-binary. It's a ridiculous notion. The taboo facts, things you're forbidden to say. Social acceptance of trans people is increasing. Trans kids and kids with gender dysphoria often benefit from parental involvement. Trans activism can hurt trans and gender dysmorphic kids. Many children who think they're trans have gender dysphoria or are just confused. You're not allowed to say many detransitioners say they wish there had been more obstacles to changing their sex. Gender dysphoria is sometimes correlated with mental health problems, often is. And there's little evidence that transitioning reduces the risk of suicide. I have a giant study in a scientific journal that talks about that, but that's for another day. We're almost done here. The taboo, taboo speech includes sex heavily influences <clears throat> gender or how you come off. Gender dysphoria is a real thing. It's a psychological malady. And there are detransitioners. The purifying rituals are announcing one's pronouns and educating people about trans. And the purifying speech includes, Jack, you're a bigot if you don't use cis. 
saying speech is violence, silence is violence, and trans women are women. If you utter those incantations, you'll be forgiven for your sins. This entire chart, which again is in a frighteningly small font, but you can expand on your devices, uh, ask your kids how. Uh, is it armstrongandgetty.com, woke religion, a taxonomy? It is so good, so handy, and so smart. Uh, tip of the cap to Schellenberger and Bogosian for uh, coming up with it. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.